for a first up here on TSN 1050. The song Just Can't Get Enough by Depeche Mode. A request from Marquee. Ooh, Marquee, what a handle that is. And we've got a jam-packed fourth and Great final hour dude. for the week here on the show and on the station. Karolnik and the birthday boy, Carlo Koliakvo, the big 4-0 today. We've been celebrating all morning. We've got some more wishes coming your way in just a moment, Coco. Greg Moore from the Toronto Marlies and... Dylan Strom. Got to have some Erie Otters content on the show today. Yeah, Erie birthday, Otters. Right? They Dylan just Strom. hired Stan Butler as their I new saw head that. coach. He was the Weird. coach in, what, North Bay for a really yeah. long time, right? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was the coach of the Brampton Battalion before that. So Yeah. yeah. I can't remember. Did he, did, he, did, he, did he was like 20 years with, with North Bay or was it 20 years with Brampton? I can't recall. I think with the, the battalion. With the battalion. Organiza- okay, organization. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, what a what a hire by the Otters. I mean, I'm sure Dylan Strome has some thoughts on that and some thoughts yeah. on um, playing for the Washington Capitals. First year there has been side-by-side side with Ovechkin, been skeeting on a line with him, and uh, he'll be with us in about 30 minutes. And uh, I love Dylan Strome, great guest, and uh, yeah. a, a, a good, a really good talker, and uh, he's always fun. You know what I want to ask him? Because we have the All-Star break and the bye week coming up for the NHL. Uh, he's obviously not in the all-star game, but what are the plans? Like, you know, vacation time in the middle of February, in the middle of an NHL season? I think man, that's for, something I missed out it's on. Perfect. It's perfect. And I think for the Leafs, they play their final game before the break on February the 1st and aren't back in action until February the 10th. Right. I mean, you're talking about nine days off. It's like an Olympic break almost. No kidding. For, for some of these guys. And I believe Dylan Strom is a young child, so I don't know mm. if he'll be heading down to Cancun, but I'm sure a lot of his teammates will be. So uh, that'll be really cool to to catch up with him. Big win for the Capitals last night, uh, beating the Pittsburgh Penguins 3-2 to two in a shootout. But we talked about this all morning. We've had some great callers, some great voice messages left for you. I think it would only be fair if your old radio partner chimed in. Oh, I know. Let's hear <laughs> from Michael Landsberg. Carlo Landsberg. Sorry, <laughs> man. I wanted to wish you uh, a happy birthday. Uh, I am shocked that you're 40 years old. Me too, I want to buddy. say thank you for the years that we worked together. Uh, you know I love you, man, and I love your family, and I love the fact that you brought back the passion for me. In the NFL, uh, I've never had a team, and I still don't, but because of your love for the Buffalo Bills, I have hated <laughs> the Bills, because that's what we do, right? When we, like guys, we want their teams to lose, and sorry for bringing that up. It's probably painful, but uh, you've given me the passion back in hatred for a football team. <laughs> Happy birthday, and I uh, hope to see you soon. That's it. Uh, I'm gone. But I'm sleeping, of course. And I miss nice. the early hours with you. That was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> he probably is still sleeping. There's no doubt about oh, it. Oh, guaranteed he is. Guaranteed oh, he wakes he up. But that's why you love like, the guy. Like, <laughs> Listen to the stuff that he comes up with. He's just an unbelievable talker. So yeah, love you can, too, uh, ML. He can, he can have I've the best slept stuff. with a woman. You know what's, what's great? I'm glad you – yes, that he has slept with a woman. <laughs> nice. What's well, great done, is that uh, I think it was just last week um, – you know, I kind of blame myself for this because I should have checked in with him on the holidays. But I mean, he doesn't celebrate the holidays. He's Jewish, right? So, <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. Um, but he I, still I celebrates. I mean, well, you know. it's, 
Yes, but you guys have your own Jewish holidays that you celebrate, yeah. right? None that so. I can recall off the top of my head, but yeah, that's my <laughs> understanding. So I actually touched base with them like last week, and it was so much fun to have a conversation with him, man. You just you missed his you miss his wittiness. There's a and lot of wit. There's yes. no doubt. Yes. There's no doubt. But I can only imagine how witty is, you know, sleeping a normal amount no of hours kidding. over the night. His, his wit levels were off the charts when it came to, you know, his 4 a.m. wake up here on, on first stop. I can only imagine a well-rested Michael Landsberg guy who yeah. no, no doubt uh, is real. doing great stuff and will continue to For do real. so. So one more I want to play, and let's get your agent Coco. And no way. Well. Patty Moe. Uh, one of our favorites. Uh, one of the greats uh, in the hockey world. Pat Morris. Let's hear what he had to say. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Double C. Double C. You've reached the age of 40 with a great career and a better man by your side in AK. A much too beautiful <laughs> wife in Gina by your side and wonderful children and family. All the best, Double C. Pat Morris, always got your back, pal. Happy birthday. He sure does, man. What Best a, what a great guy. What I can't believe he guy. sang for me. Wow. <laughs> that that is, awesome. He actually sent me a video of it. So I'm going to send wow. you that video. You'll like it. He's got a beautiful voice. If the whole hockey agent thing doesn't work out, which obviously it, it, continue, it will, uh, it has and will continue to work out. You know, singing could be a part of Pat Morris's repertoire. Yeah, Possibly. for sure. Possibly. Definitely not. <laughs> No, let's be honest here. Uh, let's be honest here. I, I don't think that is that is the case. But uh, we've got a couple more wishes to get to a little bit later uh, in the program. Um, again, we have Greg Moore coming up, Dylan Strom coming up. Did you see that Christian McCaffrey missed practice again yesterday? And well, I saw the the injury report for the for the Niners. There was like five guys that that that. Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, and yeah. I think the McCaffrey injury the is calf. a little bit more serious than they let on. They're calling it a yeah. bruised calf, but if you recall, in the game against Dallas, McCaffrey was on the sidelines. You know, they were kind of massaging the calf a little bit. A calf is a it's a dangerous one because that's one where the slightest little tweak can put you on the sidelines, and I wouldn't panic if I was the San Francisco 49ers with McCaffrey. Clearly, they're just managing it. But a bruised calf, I don't know. It seems a little bit simplistic as far as what's going on. It could be something more severe. If he's missing practice mm. Wednesday and Thursday, and McCaffrey's one of the best players in the NFL. I mean, this guy could not practice and suit right up on Sunday and be a superstar against the Philadelphia Eagles. But I will say, as someone who is, I feel like, on an island back in the San Francisco 49ers this weekend over the Eagles in Philadelphia, the injury report for San Fran does have me a little bit concerned. It should a little bit. I mean, considering, and I think the McCaffrey one's a big one, like you mentioned, right? I, I don't think, like Debo Samuel, you know he's going to play. I, there wasn't yeah. anything that. Well, that they're all going to play. But, I mean, yeah. it's, it's how healthy are they? Like, if they're banged up and not mm. operating 100%, I and mean, you're on the road against the Eagles in the NFC title game, I mean, you got to have your, your top guys rolling at top efficiency. And if they're compromised, ugh, that's a tough, especially the guys who are yeah. injured. Like Mitchell, McCaffrey, and Samuel, those are three of their top players on offense. It's not ideal, to put it right. mildly. And so, like, do you, are you leaning one way or another in that game? 
I'm I'm still leaning San Fran. I, okay. I, I my I'm prediction at the beginning of the that. playoffs was San Fran and Cincinnati in the Super Bowl with San Fran winning it, and I'm I'm taking the the Chiefs over over the Bengals. I'm flopping on that side, but I'm okay. sticking with San Fran to beat the Eagles. Yes. So I'm glad you said San Fran because I'm all over San Fran too. But oh damn it! All right, we I'm spoke the to Thomas Dimitrov. <laughs> Dimitrov, yeah. Did he change your mind on that game at all based on how he feels about the Eagles? Because, man, he was giving some high, high he praise was. to the Eagles. And if you missed that interview, go back and find it wherever podcasts are found. Thomas Dimitrov, the former GM of the Falcons, unbelievable guest about an hour ago here on the show. But I always struggle with this because we ask guys for predictions, right? Like Thomas Dimitrov has accomplished so much in the NFL, knows literally everybody in that league. Same with a guy like Mark Dominic, who we uh, who have on every week, or Ed Werder from ESPN. We ask them their predictions, and they give me one answer, and I'm like, you know what? I like the other team. And I'm like, should I really be picking against what, <laughs> what Thomas Dimitrov has right. to say or Mark Dominic? Probably not, but not everybody's right about what they say. And there's certain biases that leak into a prediction, and I think when it comes down to it, these two games are coin flips. You have the four best teams in the NFL. Uh, they're going head-to-head, and it could be a you know, ball bouncing in one direction as opposed to the other. That could be the difference. You have razor-thin, razor thin, I should say, margins of victory, and I think that's the beauty of these games. There's like All four of these teams could easily win the Super Bowl, easily have a case to be the best team in the NFL, and that's why these, this Sunday is going to be so remarkable. And I hope we get better games than we had even last Sunday where, you know, they were compelling. Don't get me wrong. Like Buffalo losing to Cincinnati. I mean, it was intriguing. But, I mean, that game wasn't particularly close. And, of course, we saw Dallas and San Fran. That was a game that was close. But I, I'm expecting some offensive fireworks, hopefully, definitely from Kansas City and from Cincinnati where the total was 51 and a half. Right. And, and Philadelphia and San Fran, I mean, just like the talent on those rosters on both sides of the ball. I don't understand how these games couldn't be awesome. So yeah. uh, I just can't wait. I'm just hopeful that my prediction at the beginning of the playoffs comes true, even though I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of flopping on it. Yeah. Flip-flopping well, that's a the thing bit, about but... these games, AK, is just that, like, I mean, you have both of the top seeds in, in both conference playing each other. And literally, you don't even have to look at the spread. I mean, because the spread are basically indicating that they're they're pick'em games. I mean, they're both spreads under three. So clearly, it's a pick'em game. And and I think I don't think there's a right or wrong prediction going into Sunday because either team can win. And I think that's ultimately what you're excited for. You're excited to watch a great game. Maybe you're. You know what I want to see? I actually want to see the new overtime format play out in yes. one of these games. Agreed. You back know, and like forth, back and forth, back right. and forth. And we had it. We had a chance to see it a couple times in, in Wild Card Weekend. Didn't happen. Last week, maybe you could have saw it play out in the Dallas San Fran game if the Dallas Cowboys could have found a way to come back. But in one of these two games, you'd have to think that. Hopefully that scenario plays out considering how good all four of these teams are. But we'll see. But look, I mean, today's Friday. Obviously, it's my birthday. I've turned 40 Mm -hmm. today. You did? There's still news coming out in the NFL. We saw a coaching hire yesterday. Frank Wright gets the head coaching job in Carolina. I think that surprised many because I don't even think most people heard that he interviewed for the job. But clearly they gave him the job. I was actually hoping that selfishly, he would be the guy that the Bills would call and ask to run the offense for them, be an offensive coordinator, but Carolina thought differently. They gave him the head coaching job. We saw Nathaniel Hackett get a job in the NFL again as the offensive coordinator for New York. 
leading most to speculate that that's a move that's premeditated to bring in Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets as he follows Nathaniel Hackett there. Does that happen? Who knows? But I think today and maybe even tomorrow, you're probably going to see some other news and some other holes being filled with the the, the coaching carousel that's going on right now. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. And there's a bunch of coaching vacancies open. We even heard Thomas Dimitrov when he joined us say he thinks Sean Payton's going to end up in De- in Denver when it's all said and done. Wouldn't that be something uh, if that ultimately transpired? I did see D'Amico Ryan's was rumored to be the guy there. But, I mean, Thomas Dimitrov probably knows a little bit more than I do. Greg Moore of the Toronto Marlies on the other side. Dylan Strom of the Washington Capitals in about 25 minutes' time. The fourth hour of First Up continues after this. The Leafs get it ahead and a pass. Springs Holmstrom. He's in on the back end. He scores! in the neutral zone and blew by the Ranger defense and two minutes and 27 seconds in the Leafs have a one nothing lead what a goal by Pontus Holmberg Wednesday night a beauty backhander top shelf past Igor Shosturkin back on first up Karolnik and Koliakovo with you. Carlo, I'm not sure if you have seen the post-game media availability for Pondus Homer, but he was asked, where'd you learn that how to backhand a puck like that? His answer was Greg Moore of the Toronto Marlies, their head coach. I swear I, I thought it was Pavel Datsuk, but yeah. or, I shouldn't or, be or Mario Lemieux, Pavel yeah. Datsuk or Greg Moore, who's kind enough to take some time this morning uh, to join us. What's going on, Greg? How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're good. Can you confirm that you taught Pontus Holmberg uh, how to backhand a puck top shelf past uh, Vezina Trophy goaltenders? I wish that was the case. I can confirm I was not the person that thought of that. I wish I had a backhand like that, but uh, during uh, Pontus' time here, uh, he's been great, and uh, he's a heck of a hockey player. Well, Greg, let's talk about your time there. The Marlies have been quite the surprise story this year in the in the American Hockey League, and even here in Toronto with all the success that you guys have got. I mean, it has warranted you becoming the head coach of the All-Star Game, but did you have these type, this t- these type of expectations for this group prior to the season starting? Like, How, how has this all happened? No, it's a good question. I think every season you go in wanting the expectations for your club to have success and to have the season that we're having right now. Um, I can say that it just feels like a, a lot of the pieces are just coming together in a perfect uh, storm this year. Our staff has been incredible. Uh, the players themselves have, have really bonded and come together real quickly as people. Uh, every day they're, they're so willing to work hard and get better. Uh, and really take pride in doing the small things uh, really well. Greg, we've seen so many Toronto Marlies make impressions on the big club this year, whether it's Bobby McMahon or Joey Anderson, the aforementioned Pontus Holmberg. Don't forget Keith Petrozelli. Keith Petrozelli was up. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, as far as your communication, you and Ryan Hardy, the general manager of the Marlies, how much are you in touch with Sheldon Keith, Kyle Dubas, advising them who's playing well, who deserves the call? How does that communication work between the two clubs? Uh, a lot of the communication between uh, Kyle Dubas and Ryan Hardy, I'm sure. Obviously, uh, Kyle and Sheldon uh, have their discussions, but uh, 
you know, leave that mostly to, to management to make those calls, make those decisions. Obviously, there's feedback and uh, communication of how the players are currently doing with us and um, preparing them for their opportunities with the Leafs. But um, it's been a great season just seeing a lot of guys uh, reaching uh, the NHL and finding their opportunities. And, yeah, Hollowell, Crawl, SBA, like you guys at Holmberg, McMahon, a lot of guys getting into their first games this year. And, uh, you know, we're, we're proud as an organization to help these guys reach their dreams and their goals. Greg, if you go back to Sheldon or um, Kyle Dubas's uh, press conference at the end of the season when they, you know, had to do the year end after losing to Tampa again, he really emphasized that next year's success was going to depend on a lot of the development and the orgas or the or the 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 not a lot of the development, but a lot of the players within the Marlies to take the next step. Did you have an idea when he was talking about those players, about who the players he was referring to, given the names that you just mentioned that have all had success this year? Uh, I think it's hard at the time, as that was going on, to predict or assume what was the follow in the coming season. But I do know that as an organization, we truly believe in a lot of the prospects and players that we have here. Uh, that are just knocking on the door and, and really close to making a step to being permanent NHL players. And uh, it's something that we take pride in with the Marlies, that we're working hard every day trying to help these guys get better and, and grow the depth of this organization to, to be better. So Bobby McMahon is, is a player that is currently with the Toronto Maple Leafs right now, and obviously you've worked with him a lot as a head coach in your time in the Marlies. Help us understand a little bit more about him because, you know, Sheldon Keefe has given him a lot of praise. I think Maple Leaf fans are still trying to, uh, you know, appreciate everything that he brings. But based on your experiences with him and working in him, what type of player do you expect him to be? Is this a guy that can find an everyday role as an NHLer? I I certainly think so. Uh, The word that comes to mind is a disruptor. Uh, He's He's really good on the puck at separating uh, the opponents and getting pucks back for the team. Uh, he's really good at transporting the game 200 feet from top of the circle to top of the circles. He's just so powerful. He's just so strong. Uh, you know, he wins his space. He wins his ice. He, he's really hard to play against. Um, and then when you give him a shooting opportunity, I know it's a lot harder in the NHL and you maybe get fewer of them, but uh, he has one heck of a shot and he can, he can score. That's for certain. Um, you know, when he's with us, he's killing penalties. He's on the power play. Plays almost in all situations. And, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of players with the Leafs that are in those situations already. But if there's ever injuries or anyone's needed, like he's a good, a really great depth player for that team that can really step into some of those roles if needed. We're in conversation with Greg Moore. He's the head coach of the Toronto Marlies. He's had a great season so far, as has Joseph Wall, the goaltender for the Marlies, who just had an 11-game winning streak, snapped uh, the loss earlier this week this guy? against Abbotsford. I mean, Joe <laughs> Wall, I mean, he's really living up to the brick wall um, moniker that he was given when he was drafted yeah. by the Leafs. He's been playing outstanding for you. Uh, what have you seen from him, and what type of trajectory do you think he has in his future there, Greg? Yeah, he's having a really great season, and uh, you know it was hard to predict uh, where he was going to be at coming off of injury from the off season and a little bit of delay to start the year. But 
Uh, he's been really impressive. You can just tell that his game has matured a lot over the course of the last couple seasons, and he's worked really hard at it. He's always studying film and trying to improve his his technical skills and his system that he's playing. Uh, he's, he's been a big part of why we're having success here uh, with our club, and I think it's only a matter of time. Uh, you know, he, he is on a, on a real positive trajectory, but um, you know, just really proud. It's really hard, especially coming back from injury. To, to come in and, and have such an impact and uh, his fitness levels, his process, his work ethic is off the charts, and that's why he's having such great success. Well, it's amazing to see. It's amazing to watch uh, the Marlies have the success that they're doing. It's amazing to watch all the players come up to the Toronto Maple Leafs and have the success and, and all their contributions. Greg, we wish you nothing but the best of luck for the remainder of the season. Uh, congratulations on the All-Star uh, Award nomination. Uh, hope you and your family really get to enjoy the weekend. It's a well-deserved honor, and all the best the rest of the season, man. Really appreciate you joining us. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate uh, being on and you guys having me. And, Carlo, happy 40th birthday. Thanks, buddy. Oh, I appreciate Greg Moore, it, bringing the heat. I love it. I love it. Uh, yes. Thank you, Greg. Uh, that's Greg Moore, the head coach of the Toronto Marlies. Well, TSN 1050 wants you to be our unofficial correspondent at the Waste Management Open in Arizona. It's time for today's keyword of the day, golf cart. Golf cart is our keyword of the day. My favorite thing on the course. It is. You looking yeah. for, you're looking for the singular golf cart. No, no double <laughs> occupancy for you. Be sure to tune in from Overdrive from 4 to 7 today. When you hear the cue to call, call us in studio. The first caller through with the correct keyword, which is golf cart, wins a $100 Golf Town gift card and qualifies for the grand prize draw, which includes airfare for two to Scottsdale, a four-night hotel stay for two, two tickets to the Waste Management Open, a $500 Golf Town gift card, a custom full bag fitting at Golf Town Studio X, and $500 cash to spend on the trip. We'll be calling our grand prize winner one week from today right here on First Up. Dylan Strome from the Washington Capitals on the other side. They had a big win over the Penguins last night. And I mean, being Alexander Ovechkin's teammate as he approaches history, that must be something special. We'll talk to Dylan Strome next. Oh, what a great song. Great song. I know it's one of your favorites, buddy. We're winding down. The fourth hour of First Up continues here on TSN 1050. Of course, you too, as we celebrate our man Carlo Koliakovo's birthday, 40th birthday here on the show. And the last time we welcomed our next guest to First Up, he was on camera yelling at a Boston Red Sox pitcher <laughs> down at the Jays game. He had the rally cap on at the time, was with the Chicago Blackhawks. Now he's with the Washington Capitals, having a great year, coming off a big win last night over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Let's bring him in, friend of the show. It's Dylan Sterone back here on TSN 1050. What's going on? Not much. How are you guys doing, Carlo? Happy birthday. Thanks, buddy. Hey, Stromer, can you believe I'm actually 40 years old? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think I can. I, I've Is... heard a few stories, like we talked about with uh, with Marty over the summer. So, right? Uh, it's I mean, a long time ago. Feels like I've known you for so long, and it's like I can't believe I'm 40. I mean, how old are you? You're in. Your, are you in your 30s yet? No, no I'm tw- 25. 
Jeez, I feel old. Oh my god. <laughs> well, because I've obviously he's got an older brother, right? Yeah, uh, that's Ryan true. as well too. So Dylan's Man, a young buck. Brothers. He's a young and, buck. And Matt, Matty Strom, when he won the. Uh, the championship with the Hamilton Bulldogs. I was skating with the Hamilton Bulldogs while I was waiting for my deal in Europe to to come about. So I know the Strome brothers. Man, <laughs> can't believe you're well, twenty. Jeez, fifteen years older than you. <laughs> Dylan. You you know. I mean, he, we needed an Erie Otter legend like Carl. And Erie Otters. That's right. To uh, to celebrate Erie Otters. The two championships. I won the first one. He won the second one. It's no coincidence. Yeah, crazy. Um, Both had the blonde um, hair going, too. Exactly. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Well, uh, Dylan, we thank you for doing this. It was a, a late night for you, winning uh, you know, in the shootout against the Penguins. That was a wild game. And uh, we need to talk about Ovechkin and just the season that he's had. And we were looking it up last night, how you actually assisted on goal number 801 for him. This is your first year in Washington. Fill us in. Any good Ovechkin stories? What's it been like being his teammate so far? Yeah, it's awesome. He's uh, he's a great guy. I think um, obviously everyone knows about his goal scoring, but I think the one thing that really impressed me is just uh, he's just a funny guy. He's an outgoing guy. He's loud in the dressing room. Um, he likes to keep it light. He likes to have fun, and he certainly loves to score goals. Um, you know, I think he only had one goal in the first four or five games, and and the guys said, "Don't worry, don't worry." Once he gets one, once he gets two, they're all going to come in bunches. So. Um, I remember Carlson telling me on the bench one time after Ovechkin scored, and he goes, don't worry, once he gets one, he usually gets two or three in a night, and sure enough, that <laughs> night he got a hat trick. So, uh, yeah. just never seems to amaze. He rises to the moment. You guys saw that game, I'm sure, in Chicago um, when he was at 797, and ESPN just happened to, to take the game that night, and you could just tell it was going to be a special night from, from the first shift. I think he scored in the second shift, and um, – you know, he was just flying all night and then got the, got the hat-trick for 800 in the, in the third period. And um, we showered him with Bud Lights uh, when he got off the ice. And oh, sure he loved that, that too, probably, eh? The Bud Lights. <laughs> <laughs> the guy was swimming in fountains when they won the the, uh, the Stanley Cup in his, in his Stanley Cup celebration. And he was doing keg stands, too, man. What a beauty that guy is. So, Strowley, tell me, does is he a guy that actually talks about catching Wayne Gretzky? Like, is that is that a conversation that happens in the room, or is he just a guy that just goes out and scores goals? Um, I think, I mean, I think throughout the beginning of the year, obviously, like Gordy Howe was was on the was on the radar, um, you know, and I think that was talked about a little bit. I know he doesn't talk about it personally himself, but I think everyone's aware, so aware of it. I mean, it's it's. It's history, um, and and we talked about that quite a bit. I think now with you know him being, I think now uh, eighty something, eighty four goals away now. I think um, from, from catching Gretzky. Yeah, who's counting, right? Even, <laughs> even for him, yeah, true. Even for him, I think that's a little bit uh, of an outreach for this year, at least. So um, there hasn't been too much talk about it since uh, since he since he passed uh, Gordy Howe, um, which is crazy to even even hear those words come out of my mouth. But yeah. Um, and so we don't really talk about it too much, but I'm sure um, hopefully I'm around for a couple more years and, and uh, we can start talking about that again whenever that may happen, hopefully next year. Yeah, just make sure the boys are all over uh, Lavi to put him on when the, there's empty nets because you want to no, continue totally. to have him pile him well, up those the, goals. <laughs> at one point there, I think he scored. I think he set an NHL record for, I mean, he has a lot of NHL records, but I think he set an NHL record for four straight games with an empty net goal. Wow. I think. wow. Coming, That's to, awesome. coming down that to that eight hundred and then um you know, I don't think he wanted to get eight oh two on on uh on uh, an empty netter, but that's kind of the way the game worked and the kind of kind of how it went. And, um, you know, I, I, if you guys watched, I'm sure you guys have seen the goal. 
he tried to pass it to Kuzi, and Kuzi <laughs> no. I was just going to ask you, how yeah, the hell did he even that. score that? <laughs> With yeah, Yangle that he was, he, was like, he was looking at our own net and just kind of has that big curve and just whipped it around. And um, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's used to guys, you know, everyone on the bench coming to, to, you know, to hug him after he scores a goal. I think he's done that a few times. So, um, no, it's was, it was a lot of fun to be a part of. Well, we're joined by Dylan Strom, uh, player for the Washington Capitals, and you mentioned the Kuzi. It's Kuznetsov that you're referring to. He scored one of the craziest goals in the shootout <laughs> yesterday, and he's done this a bunch of times where he just goes in, he picks up a lot of speed, then he hits the brakes, and then he just glides in with like at super slow-mo speed. Like when you guys see them do this on the bench, are you guys laughing? Do you expect them to score? Is this is this one of his go-tos? Like help us understand what his mindset it when he's pulling that move. I mean, it's kind of funny because he's four for four on that exact same move this year. Right. He's done it all, all, all four times, and you'd think it's like he's the putting goalie, the goalie to sleep. <laughs> goalie would would know, but I mean, I think he just he has so many options when he goes that slow, and it's it's. I mean, I feel like it's a it's a pretty good tactic. Like if the goalie like. All four goals, I believe, the goalies like kind of tried to poke check at the last second, and then he just quickly pulls it to his forehand and, and shoots. And he's, he does about 20 stick handles from the top of the circle to the, the crease, pretty much. And then once the goalie finally bites and poke checks because he's so close, he just you know, goes to his forehand and scores. It seems really easy. I haven't scored a shootout goal in my career yet, so Jeez. maybe I have to take some tips from that. <laughs> Is that right? How many shootout attempts have you had, Dylan? Five, oh for five so far. Really? So not the greatest. We got to figure. We got to yeah. get that. Going. Get him a right-handed stick. Get him a right-handed <laughs> stick. Maybe Sunday against the Leafs. I mean, the Capitals are in town, and yeah. uh, Dylan will be back in his hometown. You got things uh, cooking this weekend back in Toronto. What's going on in that front? Yeah, um, my dad's going to be there, and uh, a few few family members, and uh, my in-laws will be there. So um, there'll be lots of lots of people supporting me, and and uh, I know my parents' neighbors are going too. I think so. Um, anytime you go there, there's usually you get a couple of messages from some guys saying they're at the game or some friends from, from high school or whatever it may be. But um, it's always nice to come back to Toronto. They're a, a great team, and it's a really fun place to play. So, um, no, I can't wait. It's, you, you grow up watching the Maple Leafs, and then you get to play there. I think this will be my fourth time playing there. So, um, you know, they got, us the, they got the best of us early this year, and, and uh, hopefully we can, uh, you know, keep our little one-game winning streak going here. <laughs> What's the rule you got on your return to Toronto when it comes to tickets? Are you – you, do you have a deal with your family where you're like, okay, I'll take care of you guys, but everybody else has to find a way to get their own, or are you just a generous guy and just picks up the bill for everybody? Um, well, I think me and my older brother kind of had a an unspoke, an unwritten rule, I guess you could say. But uh, when we, when we played the first time in Toronto, we kind of got tickets for whoever wanted to go, right. um, like uh, any family members or, or friends, and and that's kind of the I think the one time that we did that, and then you know the next couple times usually. There's so many ways to get tickets. I feel like in Toronto, it's people usually have connections or, or someone knows somebody with tickets, and then um, usually they get them that way. I'll get them for my parents, of course, but um, I'm sure you guys know that the tickets in Toronto are uh, yeah. are not are not cheap by any means, especially for the players. <laughs> yeah. I don't think people realize that sometimes that they. Right. Uh, MLSC really, really drives up the price for the players. I think so. Yeah, the I'm only really ones excited. that are available <laughs> for you are the really expensive ones. They're not. They're, yeah, they, they, they're not stupid. Yeah, Most I know. Expensive I know that in the league. Me. I think <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's that is not a that is not a coincidence at all. You mentioned how you guys played the Leafs earlier this season, and the Leafs got the best of you. What was your 
I feel about the Toronto Maple Leafs, like as far as what you see from this year versus past years, obviously your time in Chicago and Arizona, I mean, you were in the same draft class as Mitch Marner. So uh, you, you know, obviously have been there um, in the NHL for the last, you know, six or seven years. Now we're talking. So as far as the Leafs and your read on them this year versus past years, what was your, uh, what was your feel there? Yeah, when we played them, we played them at home once in in, in Toronto once, and in Toronto we yep. played on a, it was a the second game of the season. It was on a back to back for us, and it was their home opener, so they got out to a, a good start and a good jump, and um, you know they were they were fired up because their crowd. We got the better of them in Washington, so it's one one in the season series. But I think just noticing off previous years, I think they're um, a lot stingier defensively. We didn't get as many chances as as I got in Chicago, especially in Toronto. Um, you know they they kind of they kind of locked it down once they got the lead, so. I think that's a little different this year. Um, obviously, you see the record speaks for itself. They get um, they got some great players and some great goaltending, and, and um, they play really well. So um, anytime you go into Toronto, you know it's going to be um, a tough game. Um, like I said, it's a tough rink to play in. They're they're good on home ice, and um, you know, like I said, hopefully uh, we have a couple days rest this time. So um, should be a good one. It's a big game for us in the standings. We're we're pretty close to you know we're right on the edge of the playoffs right now. I think we're still in, but um, you no know, teams are, are closing in on us. So. Um, two points are huge for us, and, and hopefully we can find a way to get those on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, the race near the bottom, or just even in the middle of the of the wild card, is uh, heating up right now. Uh, Dylan, I want to talk to you about uh, you know, the Washington Capitals Player of the Game Award that you guys hand out. It's, it's like a rope necklace, <laughs> and then you guys have that grip test that you guys do. Can you help me understand the meaning behind all that? Yeah, so we talked about it at the beginning of the year. Um, our kind of our, our little theme, our team theme was, um, you know, kind of everyone's hands on the rope. And I think uh, our coach Peter Laviolette went to um, the Virginia Fire Department, and that was kind of what they talked about. Where they, you know, if they're pulling someone out of a building, they they got to have you know everyone's everyone's hands on the rope and everyone matters. And I think that's kind of our been our team philosophy. Whether it's you know guys on the fourth line or guys in the power play or penalty killer or, or goaltending, I think. Um, we've done a good job of, of everyone, you know, kind of keeping up their slack and, and, and pulling on the rope. And, um, you know, that's kind of been our little motto and, and, and we try to follow that. So when you get the rope after the game, that rope's actually from the Virginia fire department and, um, you know, we got it from them. So I think that's, that's what that meaning is. And then the, the whole grip strength thing, we actually got our, um, assistant, uh, you know, trainer or assistant, uh, yeah, athletic trainer to, to pull the grip strength at the beginning of the year, and, and he got a number. So anytime we get higher than that number, we get to, to check a new thing off the list. Uh, there's there's a few things that we, you know we, we've been checking off throughout the year, and, and once we get through all of them, then we we get to restart the list. So I think it's just a little fun thing that wow. we do. Um, so a little 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 thing from our coach that uh, you know keeps the boys interested after the game, and and sometimes it's methodical. You know we got to give it to a, a strong guy after the game, and and so he can get higher than the. Than the our, our gym What's a high goal, number? So. What's a high number on that grip strength? He got. I think he got around eighty. He got seventy-eight or eighty. So, um, you know, when Ovi grabs it, it's usually about one forty. But most guys wow, that grab it are usually around ninety or, or hundred. <laughs> I remember the one when Ovi scored the hat trick against Chicago. He came in and almost broke the thing because yeah. of how how much he, how hard he gripped it. But I love those things, man. I love hearing the meanings behind those things because it it really gives you a true understanding of you know the bondage within the team and and the the, the togetherness of the group and. So that's that's really really cool. What number did you pull on the uh, on the, the the grip strength, if you don't mind me asking? 
I'm actually two for two above 80, so I don't know exactly nice. what I'm going to do. Here we so go. Two two take, that, uh, take that, assistant trainer. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. 81 and 82 I got on. All right. All right. Nice. Uh, Dylan Strome from the Capitals is our guest. The Caps in town on Sunday, 5 o'clock against the Leafs. It's on TSN. Are you concerned at all? Like the, you know, the NFL playoffs are going on, the NFC, AFC title game going on the same time as, as your game against the Leafs on Sunday. What is the feeling in the room about that, Dylan? Um, well, I don't mean to throw any shade about anybody, but you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, Buffalo Bills fans in, in Toronto, so they, they won't have to be, uh, they won't have to watch, uh, Ooh, be no shade, buddy. No shade. Um, no, of course. I mean, I think the games are at three and three and six on six Sunday 30, and we play yeah. at five. So it's just, couldn't be any worse for a, for a football fan or, or a hockey fan. But I mean, that's, that's. You know, you guys should protest. You guys should protest. You're you're making good money. You're making good money. You can you can suit up and play. No, you can figure it out. Football this year. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Likewise. Likewise. What is your uh, take on the Jays offseason? We know you're a huge Jays fan. You know, we we talked about this beginning of the interview. Are you feeling good about the boys heading into the season? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to. There's so much other like like we just talked about sports going on. So I feel like Jays kind of get put in put on the back burner. I remember the last time I talked. to, to TSN, I, I believe it was just, but just before the season started, uh, we only played a couple of preseason games, and and that was kind of the the Jays were just about to go to the playoffs, I believe. Um, so there hasn't been too much Blue Jays talk. I've been following a little bit. I know they signed some guys, but um, you know baseball's kind of on the back burner until uh, makes sense. Until I guess football and hockey's over. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that's how that's how I think that's how we're feeling as well. Go ahead, go go. Do you have any plans for the All Star break or the bye week coming up? Yes, I'm going to uh, Bahamas with uh, my wife and my daughter. So, uh, nice. I'll be time on, uh, Atlantis. Nice little vacation, of course. Yes, <laughs> yes, love that of spot. Of course, man. oh, I love that spot, man. That's good gonna be a, that's gonna be a good time. Again, it's an extended break too. I mean, must be just be a treat. You guys must be yeah. really looking. I tell you to what, it. man. As a player, when you're like when when you're a good player in the league. You don't want to go to the All-Star game because you want to go to the All-Star break is what you want. Sunny, sunny pastures, you know, Bahamas, couple of cocktails. Enjoy yourself, buddy. Enjoy yourself. I think this time, uh, this time I, I think a lot of guys are excited because it's in Florida. So that always helps. You know, guys can either True. stay in Florida or True. a lot of places. Like even Bahamas is pretty close to that. So, um you know, I think you're going to get a lot of – you won't see any guys missing out on this All-Star game, I don't believe, with uh, yeah. being in Florida. No uh, Dylan, we wish you nothing but the best going forward. Uh, your season with Washington again. You're in town, and uh, the Caps in town on Sunday, 5 o'clock against the Leafs. Uh, we really appreciate you doing this for us. Uh, best of luck the rest of the year, and enjoy the much-deserved vacation as well. Yeah, and keep uh, keep racking up the points, buddy. You're killing it on my fantasy team, so appreciate that. <laughs> Sounds good. I appreciate you guys having me on. Always a pleasure. That's our, that's Thanks, our buddy. guy, Have a good Dylan one. Strom from the Washington Capitals. Great guest. Future in media if he wants it, no doubt. Good yeah. Canadian boy. Shout out to Dylan Strom and the entire Strom family. We've got a couple of more birthday wishes from friends of yours, Coco, to get to on the other side. Plus, my FanDuel best bets as well. We'll wrap up a busy Friday morning here on First Up next. Okay, time now for today's best bets brought to you by FanDuel. I'll be spending a lot of time on the FanDuel app this weekend. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 
I'm taking the over on Isaiah Pacheco rush yards. He was incredible against Jacksonville last week, and I expect the Kansas City Chiefs to lean on the run a little bit more than they might do traditionally considering the uncertainty with Mahomes and that ankle, not to mention Pacheco has been outstanding all year long for KC. Take him over 49 and a half rushing. I'm also on Austin Matthews to score. I get it. It's not a revolutionary bet, but it's one that is very likely to be profitable. Matthews crushes the Senators tonight's opponent for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And lastly, Fred Van Vliet in what could be one of his final games as a Raptor. I'm taking him over 18 and a half points against a Golden State team that allows a ton to opposing point guards. Today's best bets brought to you by... FanDuel. Make every moment more and get your winnings fast when you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Well, we've heard from so many of our colleagues, our friends, Coco, wishing you happy birthday. We've heard from Matthew Cause, the O-Dog, James Duthie, Al's brother. The list goes on and on. Well, there's another man who wanted to wish you happy birthday, and here's how it sounded. Carlo, you old fart. It's your buddy, Jesse Pollock. 40 years old. Are you kidding me, man? (laughs) Happy birthday, you squid. You're an absolute legend. Can't wait for your Leafs to lose in seven games to the Lightning in April. We all know what's going to happen. You're a beauty. Love chatting sports with you. And you're, as my Uncle Sherry would say, you're great at your job, but you're a better person. So have a great one, man. (laughs) Thanks, Jesse. Jesse Pollock, our good buddy from Bar Down and TSN. A great one. The old fart. I enjoyed that. <laughs> You're getting up there, man. You're getting up there. 40 yeah. years young. I remember when you were a young whippersnapper in this business. You were like, I don't know, 36, fresh out of the DEL. 34, I, buddy. Th- you were 34? 34? No, wait. Hold on. What, how old was I? This is my, was, what, what, 2018? Yeah, yeah. Fifth year. Maybe 35, yeah. Yeah. So 35, yeah, when I was done. Yeah. It's been five years since I've worked here. Dude, I've worked here for like 12 years almost. 12 years in August at TSN. I came out of basically university and still working here. Well, for now, until I say something stupid anyways. But it hasn't happened quite yet. Hopefully it never does. But, uh, yeah, it's been a treat uh, working with you every day. And hope you and the family have an incredible weekend. I'm certain you will, uh, full of lots of love and laughs and and fun times at the Coleac household. So I'm sure uh, it'll be a great day and a great weekend for you and the family. You've got the 40th birthday glasses and the hat and the balloons down there. So uh, it should be a lot of fun. And uh, needless to say, uh, we love you, buddy. It's a, it's great to have you as part of our team here on First Stop. 20 fingers. Anything you'd like to say to Carlo uh, no. to celebrate his birthday? Happy birthday. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Oh, that's so cute. I Slick Nick, it, I, you already wish Carlo a happy birthday, so you don't have, we don't have to do it again. But yeah. 20 fingers, a man, a few words, but of many fingers. He is many fingers. Thanks, boys. It's, uh, it's one of the great pleasures of my life to work with you guys every morning, and it's one of the great pleasures of my life to do radio and to speak to everybody who, who's our audience, and I appreciate all the messages that we received on the text message line today, all the messages that I've received on Twitter and through text. Um, you really do mean the world to me, everybody that listens to us. I can't be more grateful for it. It really does make my job a lot more enjoyable. So thank you for today to 40 years and to 40 more of hopefully doing this job, entertaining everybody that listens to us in all of Toronto. So thank you very much. I look forward to this weekend. I look forward to Monday coming back and talking to you and everybody else. So on behalf of me, 
celebrating my 40th. Crazy to think I'm 40th. And all the great guests and all the great shout-outs today. Have a great weekend, everybody. And I sign off by saying ciao. Carlo, you old fart. <laughs>